0: Next, the golden days of radio.
1: This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Al Jolson, Jack Benny, Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, and announcer Kenny Delmar. During 1935, one of the most popular radio shows of the season was The Shell Chateau, starring Al Jolson. Author Carol Carroll, whose job it was to write the show each week, explains in his book None of Your Business, or My Life with J. Walter Thompson, Confessions of a Renegade Radio Writer, that the show was dubbed Five Acts and Jolson. There was also a problem for a while in that Mr. Jolson had trouble pronouncing the letter C in the word chateau. It would sometimes sound like something else, to the consternation of all. They couldn't change the title of the program. So each week, the sponsors, the director, and the network censors just kept their fingers crossed and hoped for the best. Shell Chateau was broadcast from Studio 8G at NBC Rockefeller Center in New York every Saturday evening. The program also featured virtually every popular personality of the time. Now, with that background, here's Al Jolson starring on Shell Chateau. The date, August 3rd,
0: 1935. Good evening, friends. Your name somehow I can't recall right now, but know you all I bow. Good evening, friends. <laughs> P.S.F. Love, one time, madame. Monsieur Berry, one shot, I know you all I do. Good evening, friends. Pull up a chair and turn the lights down low. You let ourselves, Shell Chateau. Good evening, friends. With the music starts, the curtain part. An hour of fun for everyone. Although it's true that I cannot see you, I almost feel I do. Good evening, friends. Thank you, folks, thank you. And once again, I welcome you to Shell Chateau, where each Saturday night, we bring you an hour of Super Baudrill, the greatest stars in the entertainment world. For music, we have Victor Young and his officer. And tonight, Victor is so proud of his officer. And why shouldn't he be? All the boys are dressed up in the latest tuxedo suits. (laughs) They're Cinderella suits. They must be back by 12.
2: (laughs) Uh
0: Wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. For song we have Miss Estelle Taylor, one of the most charming stars of the stage and screen. You, of course, know that Miss Taylor's great opposite most of our great leading men. So I asked her. I said, Miss Taylor, who do you think, in your estimation, is the greatest lover on the screen? And she said, well, Al, frankly, it's hard to say. But when it comes to making love, all men are like automobiles. They all use the same clutch. <laughs> <laughs> From the sports world, we have Alan Dutra, the professional golf champion of 1934 and winner of many golf trophies. And speaking of golf, last Sunday I played with Victor Young. What a golfer he is. He took a terrific swing at the ball and, listen, he ripped his trousers. He turned around, he turned around to me and he said, listen, Al, it is, a, is it a big rip? <laughs> I said, if it was any bigger, you'd be open champion. <laughs> Wait, and from the dramatic field we have that glamorous star of the screen, Miss Betty Davis. And it's remarkable how Miss Davis keeps a slender figure. She tells me it's from dieting. Say, I know a woman who wanted to lose weight, so she went on a vegetable diet. The first week she ate nothing but lettuce and tomatoes, and she lost five pounds. The second week she ate nothing but carrots and peas, and she lost ten pounds. The third week she ate nothing but onions and garlic, and she lost her husband.
2: (laughs) Ah,
0: now comes the piece de resistance. For comedy, we have George Ethel, that very great comedian, and I might add that George is one of the finest after-dinner speakers in America today. As George himself would tell you, he has made so many speeches that all you have to do is show him half a grapefruit, and he gets up and talks.
2: <laughs>
0: well, when he came to Shell Chateau this afternoon, I wanted to have a little talk with Georgie. For old time's sake, I've known him for years. So we went to a restaurant here in the neighborhood, and we had a sandwich and a cup of coffee. And was I embarrassed. I felt in my pocket, and I realized I had no money with me. Of course, I didn't want Georgia to pay for it. I wasn't trying to outfumble him. I really didn't have any money. So I explained to the cashier, he said, if you have no money with you, don't worry. It's all right. I'll just write your name on the wall. And I said, listen, I wouldn't want people to see my name on the wall. He said, don't worry, they won't. Your coat will be hanging on it. (laughs)
1: Following the release of the Columbia Picture, The Jolson Story, based on Jolie's life, he was in demand as a guest by every top radio show in the country. On Sunday evening, May 18, 1947, Jolson was in New York to appear as a guest on The Jack Benny Show. Eddie Ryan loaned me this excerpt from his collection, and it's rare indeed. The Jack Benny Show with Al Jolson as guest.
0: Broadcasting from New York City, the Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and filling in for little old fatty Don Wilson is yours truly, Kenny Delmar. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it has often been said that it takes brains to make money. I don't want to start an argument, but here's the star of our show, Jack Benny! Thank you, thank Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Kenny Delmar, you can save those introductions for Fred Allen. You know, you don't have to... Kenny. Kenny, I'm talking to you. Kenny, look at me. I'm sorry, Jack, but when I hear the name Fred Allen, I instinctively bow my head. (laughs) Well, Kenny, if you bow your head low enough, you might see his hooper.
2: <laughs>
0: Imagine making people bow to him. Of course, well, I haven't been in New York for a long time. Well, Jack, the, the last time you were in New York and you met Fred Allen, you bowed. Kenny, I wasn't bowing. I just couldn't look at that face. <laughs> what a homely guy. I've never seen a guy. Oh, now, wait a minute, Jack. Fred isn't so homely. He isn't, eh? Allen's face has so many wrinkles. When he gets a shave, the barber has to use a bookmark the only time alan's face isn't out of place is during the baseball season the baseball season yeah with those bags under his eyes his nose looks like it's caught between second and third (laughs) and the rest of them should be sent to the showers believe me well jack I i didn't want to mention this but since you're talking about alan i think it's only fair that i tell you something what well, Fred said that you've got so much money that you have no more places to keep it. Uh huh. So, any money you make from now on, you're going to have melted down and shot into your arm.
2: <laughs> you know,
0: it's a good idea to give me all my vitamins M O N E and Y. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Mary. Hi. Uh... Mary, I haven't seen you since we got off the train. Where have you been?
3: Well, I went right from the station to New Jersey to visit my mother.
0: Your mother, eh? Well, how is the duck billed platypus of Plainfield? Right?
2: Jack, please. I don't ma- know. They
0: told me that's a local joke here, is
2: it? <laughs>
0: Everybody told me if I say it, they'll scream at it.
3: Mama doesn't look like that. I'm
0: sorry, ma'am. Maybe if she went to a Bewley parlor, she could, you know. How'd your sister babe? hope oh, she's not running around with that guy she wrote you about, The Undertaker?
3: Oh, wait a minute, Jack. He's a nice fellow, and he's very sporty. He's yeah. the only Undertaker in Plainfield who has a convertible hearse.
0: <laughs> convertible hearse? That's a good idea. Get a little brown before they lower you down. <laughs> sister really fixed him, doesn't
3: she? Yeah, but Babe is thinking of giving him up because he's always got his mind on his work.
0: What do you mean, kid?
3: Well, one day she went riding with him without her makeup on and he drove her straight to the cemetery.
0: (laughs) I bet Babe was frightened, wasn't
3: he? You're not kidding. He almost finished the eulogy before she punched him in the nose.
0: Well, why didn't she stop him sooner?
3: Those are the first nice things he ever said about her.
0: I see. Well, is Babe still in Plainfield?
3: Oh, no, no. She came back to New York with me. In fact, she's sitting in the audience right now. Where? Right in the third row. The girl with the marble hat. (laughs) Oh, yes. Look at what
0: it says. Babe Livingston, please keep off the grass. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Mary, I want you to meet Kenny Delmar. He's our announcer today.
3: Kenny Delmar? Why, Jack, you took him right off the Fred Allen show.
0: No, no, Mary, not right off the Allen show. I sprayed him first. (laughs) Now I've heard everything. You ain't heard nothing yet. Why, it's Al! What took you so long getting here? Well, you know how it is, Jack. I drove over and there's an awful lot of traffic. Oh, yes. I remember now. And you're not such a good driver. Say, listen. Maybe you don't like the way I drive. But have you ever seen the way Larry parks?
3: Ha, ha, ha. I got a
0: gag here. I got a gag here. <laughs> no, no. Al, turn the page. Oh, turn oh. the
2: page.
0: <laughs> Al, Phil just did that joke. What's, what's the difference? You get a million new listeners when I come on. I know, Al, I know. That's why it's nice having you on my show. Well, it's nice being with you, Jack. But, gee, Al, you've been making so many guest star appearances that I, I can't understand why you work so hard. Well, Jack, weren't you ambitious when you were my age?
2: <laughs>
0: Your age? Yeah. How old are you? Thirty-eight. <laughs> gee, we all seem to get stuck there. <laughs> But, Al, seriously, you shouldn't work so hard. Don't you realize that life was made to be lived and enjoyed? Gee, you gotta live leisurely, enjoy the finer things in life. You shouldn't be a slave, a man to his bank account. Remember, money isn't everything.
3: Don't applaud folks. You might wake them up.
0: <laughs> Mary. Well, hello you. Al, this is Mary Livingston. Hello, Al. Mary. What a beautiful name. And what a beautiful girl to go with it. <laughs> oh,
3: Al. I didn't think you were still
0: interested in girls. Listen, honey baby, let me tell you something. A man never gets too old to be interested in girls. (laughs) I say, that's the best news I've heard today. (laughs) Phil, please. Wait a minute. Aren't you Phil Harris? Yes, sir. That's me. How do you like that? He admits it yet. (laughs) Nothing bothers him. Now, Mary Phil, please sit down. You know, Al, it's hard to think of any two fellas in show business who have as much in common as we two. You're right, Jack. And that goes for radio, vaudeville, Broadway shows, and the movies. Yeah, take movies, for instance. We both worked for Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. You made Sunny Boy, which was nearly their first talkie. And you made The Horn Blows at Midnight, which was nearly their last one. (laughs) You like that. Yeah, Jack, I I mean, I mean, I apologize. I I mean, it was one of the more recent ones. I mean, I mean. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Well, look, oh, it's amazing, though, Al, how our careers are so closely associated. I think so. I mean, few people realize, (laughs) few people realize that you were the very first man to encourage me and help me up the ladder of success. I remember it clearly. It was in 1922. 1922. I wasn't working, you were a big-time star. And you met me and you slapped me on the back and said, son... Don't worry, you'll make good. And then you gave me a dollar to get a meal. That was 25 years ago. How about giving it back? (laughs) Well, I didn't return that dollar because I thought it was a good luck omen. And I decided to pass it on to some other poor struggling actor who might need encouragement. Well, I'm glad you didn't keep the dollar. Tell me, Jack, who'd you give it to? Well, first I had my eye on a nice young kid named Eddie Cantor. Now, he he was very talented. Look, I just came here to sing... Don't antagonize me.
2: Oh.
0: So he gave the dollar to Eddie Cantor. Well, you see, at that time, Eddie Cantor was engaged to marry a girl named Ida. But by the time I decided to give him the dollar... He had a wife and five kids. I do <laughs> Only three. All right, Jack. Who did you finally give the dollar to? Well, you've heard of Bing Crosby, haven't you? Heard of him. We go around together on the same turntables.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Anyway, well, what happened with Crosby? Well, I noticed he looked hungry, so I walked up to him, slapped him on the back, and said, Kid, how about a dollar? And he gave it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Al, I didn't know where to turn next. But, Jack, there were other struggling youngsters who could have used that lucky dollar. Fellas like Danny Kaye, Bob Hope, Ronald Coleman, Hugo Carmichael, (laughs) Jimmy Durrani, Daryl Zanuck, Clark Gable... And Manesha (laughs) Skulnik. Manesha Skulnik? Yeah, he's a star of Finkelstein's Rainbow. You know that show. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, anyway, all those actors seem to struggle to the top without my help. And so against my finer instincts, I kept your lucky dollar. And now it'll always be with me. I know. You had it melted down and shot in your arm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Al is getting on towards the end of the program, and I was wondering, well, perhaps you'd like to sing a song. You know, folks, this kid doesn't listen to radio much. Well, then you would like to sing, yeah? Well, certainly. That's why I brought my music over. Here, look at it. Well, this is a swell song. Come on, Al. Let's hear it. Okay, but who'll accompany me? Phil Harris's orchestra. Give me back my music.
2: What? <laughs> hey, wait
0: a minute, Julie. I heard that remark, and I don't like anyone casting aspirins at my band.
2: <laughs> That's
0: first. For his band is aspirins I've heard of. Oh uh,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, listen. What's wrong with my band? What's wrong?
2: Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Come on, come
0: on. Come on, what's wrong with my band? Oh, Phil, don't be so sensitive. Well, I don't care. Everyone who comes
2: on this show has to insult my band, and I'm not going to stand for it anymore. I won't. Alice, I won't. I'm just not going to stand for it anymore. uh, I don't have to stand
0: for it. Al, you've heard Phil's feelings. Say something nice to him. Something nice? Yeah. (laughs) Bourbon. Thanks, pal. <laughs> well, stop kissing them. Come on, Al. Everybody's waiting to hear you sing. Huh? Okay, Jackson. Stand back. <laughs> oh, April shower May come your way the flower that bloom in a and if it's raining Have no regrets Because it isn't raining Rain, you know It's raining violets And where you see clouds Upon the hills, you soon will see crowds of daffodils. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song whenever a April showers come along. may come your way they bring the flowers
2: that bloom in May so if it's raining have no
0: regrets because it isn't raining rain you know. it's raining Violets, And when you see clouds When you see clouds On the hills Look, look, at are clouds No, no They're crowds They're crowds Of daffodils So keep on looking For a bluebird And listening for it's all throw the script away and have another song. Okay, Jack. What What do you want? You made me love you. I always did. You did? Well, let's (laughs) have it. Hit it, boys. Hit it. Take it. You made me love you. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it You made me want to And all the time you knew it I guess you always knew it You made me happy sometimes or you made me sad But there was time, baby Oh, you dog You made me cry for I didn't want to tell you I didn't want to tell you I want some love That's true You know I do Deed I do Yes, I do Gimme, 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 gimme What I cry for You know you got the kind of kisses that I'd die for. You know, you made me love you. All. gentlemen, I want to thank Kenny Delmar and Al Jolson for appearing on my program tonight. Al, you sang great, and thanks very much. Thanks, Jack, but how about my check? Look, you just came over to sing Don't Antagonize Me. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on Wednesday we'll be opening at the Roxy Theater here in New York. Next Sunday will be our last broadcast of the season, when Dennis Day will be back with us, and our guest star will be America's Greatest Pause for Station identification. Fred Allen.
2: <laughs> Say,
0: Jolie, will you excuse me a minute? I promised I'd drop in next door on the Phil Harris program. They might need me over there. Jack, they need you like a moose needs a hat rack. <laughs> hey, you heard that on my program. No, some fellow named Norman Krasner told it to me. Oh, yes, yes, he loves it. Good night. Good
2: night,
0: Jack. Jack. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
1: edition of the golden days of radio and our memories of al jolson you know a couple of years ago somebody came up with the phrase learn while you serve and that's something to think about while you're in uniform protecting freedom around the world you have a wonderful opportunity to continue your education each branch of the service has an educational program open to you and for servicemen and women in all branches of the service USAFI, the United States Armed Forces Institute, offers a variety of courses through just about every one of the colleges and universities in the United States. So protect your future, not only as a man or woman in uniform, but also as an educated citizen with an eye on the well-being of your country. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California. Join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.